celebrating the polarity. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Oh my oh. God, I am looking at my desk, Cameron. It is such a mess. I need to, I've zoomed out. <clears throat> no, sorry, I've zoomed in. I've been really myopic looking just at my um, yeah, yeah. thing. And then I look around and I'm like, holy cats. Holy cats. Yeah. Um, we're recording, so don't say anything. Uh, um, it's going to put an E on the... Uh, yeah, that we're going to have to um, Z rate the uh, podcast. Um, no. I was going to say, oh, yeah, my desk is never messy because um, my desk gets reorganized every night by someone. Oh. Even, even if I switch the lights off, close all the doors, someone comes out to reorganize my desk. Oh, I love it. Spray and wipe everything. And um, <laughs> then in the morning, I come to a beautifully clean desk where I don't know anything where anything is. Oh. And, uh, then I have to find my mouse and my mouse pad. And, but I'm not, com <laughs> not complaining. I'm not complaining. No, no. It's, cool. It's a funny thing that happens magically to my desk every night. I'm a bit envious. I do have a fairy like that. It lives in my house, but seldom does he come near my desk actually uh, i think right. it's almost it's almost a bit too much for him like your yeah. fairy obviously <laughs> likes to like to task you know likes to challenge my fairy is like oh no my, oh, no, i might get into trouble i might get into trouble if oh, i move right that. yeah that's true that's true well nikki's not worried about that she does get into trouble because i'm like the, i'm like <laughs> but then you know how you like your desk in a certain way yeah every time i come back it's not that way at all but that's right <laughs> hey so we've been putting up a um a gazebo thingy. Oh, amazing. Cue picture of Cam with a kangaroo. Oh, I've unplugged the microphone and everything. Yeah, that's such a cute picture. That should be the picture for our um for this week's show. Yeah. It's a bit of a bit of a gazebo thing that we're Oh my gosh, yes, I can. Oh, how amazing. Yeah. How great. So it's got those um those fans yes. uh, fin. Things. Those louvre things, yeah, louvers, yeah, louvers. But it's it's like a really um, uh, affordable one because I Is remember it? when we did the Reno at our last house. Uh, <clears throat> you get like a, a thing that there's a brand Louvertech. at the time. I think yes. there was only that one brand Louvertech. and yeah. now there's a bunch. But I think it's like twenty or thirty grand for the, like a the one that you've got. No, no, not the one we've got. No, oh. uh, for like a. One with an electric um, system that closes and open the louvers and stuff. I know because we've been, been wanting one for our deck yeah. and knowing that they're about thirty grand, we've yeah, been like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. So you should check this one out next time you're around. Yeah. See whether you think that it might work for you guys as well. So we weren't too uh, sure. We we're yeah. like, oh, is it is it going to look a bit cheap because it's so it was only three and a half grand, I think. Oh wow. So um, and and you know you need to do the louvers by hand, and it's probably I, I not. I don't mind as, that. Not as big as that. Well, that's better, I reckon. You know, you know when you um, see like uh, and uh, speakers built into people's houses that they got built in in the nineties, <laughs> and that was do so they, cool at the time. Yeah, Man, but do they the work? Thing. Do they work? No, 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 <laughs> no they don't. No, but uh, but if if you had like a. Uh, and these things here, I bet half the Louvertechs that were installed 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I bet their electrics don't work anymore. So and, uh, related but tangent, I often think that with an electric, with not an electric car, but with the with all of our cars now, we've got little buttons to for the windows to wind down mm. as opposed to manual. And I think 
I don't know. If in, in some situations, it might be quite helpful to have a manual, to be able to manually roll down yeah. your window. I don't know. A hundred percent. Because, you know, um, when that started happening, whenever it was the 80s or something, you know, you know now you can get a 1970s car and you could find all of the parts for it. And you could, oh. if you were going to, well, no, if you are going to restore like a 1970s car, it would be quite easy because there's not that many electronics to it but if you yes. were going to try and restore like a 19 late 80s or a 90s car well you wouldn't even bother no because it all get that all got so complicated so i mean there's a lot to say for keeping things um simple, simple. very simple yeah that's good nice yep. so there you go so we'll be able to go outside when it's raining or whatever oh that's so nice well i'm glad all, that you block the sun that you are uh, quality testing this so we can find out whether or not it's going to be a goer because that's something we absolutely want for our little front deck because we have to avoid being out there um, because it's either rainy or hot, too hot. So at least that takes care of like all the too much sun. And yes, we could get an umbrella, but our last one broke, so we never got around to it. Yeah, and umbrellas blow around in the wind. I know they, they do. And then, <laughs> they and then do. It's like, oh, you forget to put it down and then it tips itself off the deck overnight. It's whatever. Yes. Yes. And um, and then a bird shits on it. <laughs> hey, you're gonna have to add a Z <laughs> uh, to our uh... <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing that. We don't we don't we don't do that just because Apple says we're supposed to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there you, go. you gotta have it, you gotta have like um, underage listeners for that to make a difference, and we don't even have overage listeners. <laughs> we don't even have of age, of age of, listeners. No, you're right. You're Apart right. Apart from Ray, thanks. <gasps> yeah, thanks, Ray. hi Ray. <laughs> thanks, Ray. Because <laughs> uh, I did put out, I did put out that uh, message just for feedback last time, and um, I've had, I've had crickets. Oh, so, what did they think? Oh, so, so um, no, nothing. No, no one's, no one's got back to me. I'm no kidding. One's, no one's. But did you get oh, that? Okay. Did you get that? Uh, <laughs> what did the crickets uh, think? What did the crickets think? Oh my god! Yeah, they were rubbing their legs together. <laughs> Is that what crickets do? Yeah, that's the noise that they make when they rub their legs together. Is it? Well, I'll have to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure that that's what it is. Wow, Google that. Google the shit out of that, won't I? Anyway. Yep. So um, you should, if you do listen, you should feel bad that you didn't send an email to. So this week you can. Uh, on the line at trainingtalk.com. Amazing. And hopefully you Send haven't guilt tripped everyone out of listening. No, no. No, no, no sorry about I'm that. sure. Sorry yeah, if you yeah. are listening. I know. Yeah, it's all right. I know it's everyone probably just thinks the show's so popular that someone else will message. Yep. That's what I often yep. think, actually. I'm like, well, you don't need me because you've got yeah, no, thousands of other people. I am that person that I'm talking to. <laughs> I am that person. <laughs> I know, <laughs> never can, I get it. Who doesn't, who doesn't contribute because he assumes someone else will mm -hmm. take care of it for him uh anyway so um what else it's easter uh, been working most of the weekend same actually but that's good that's good got lots wow yesterday I, I i literally spent like five hours making like one little tiny thing work I got obsessed with solving this problem. Oh, that really? Didn't even, that probably didn't even need to be solved. I think it was yesterday. Oh. Yeah, it's been, it's been <laughs> but did you actually resolve it? Yep. Yep. Cool. So there's one feeling of satisfaction for resolving it. 
Can I tell you my when on the weekend, which you'll know, Ray will probably know as well, but I just want to put it out there in the internet. Yep. So I don't know, the crickets might hear it too. Uh, I did uh, 22 minutes, 40 seconds. We did have this conversation at Park Run. Mm. That's right. That's what I yes. did. Ruined that's myself. Oh, yeah, but that's amazing, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I did feel it, though. So my hip sore and my yeah. calf felt really bruised yesterday. So I haven't run the last couple of days. But I, and actually, that's a real win for me because normally I'd be like back at it, wanting to run. Uh, and, right. and just go, yeah, no, I'll be fine. I'll just, I'll run out those kinks that I feel. They'll run that tightness off, which you could do when you yeah, were 25, yeah, yeah. not when you're yeah. 45, though. So, yeah. uh, so I just leisure walked on the treadmill. Oh, good, good, good. I mean, it was a bit risky doing that 5K so fast, I would say. That was probably a <laughs> risk that you took. I did take it. Turned a out risk. all right. It turned, it turned out, out all right. right. Have you done a park run, Cam? Yep, I did park run with um, you and Barry that time. At, uh, were you guys do park run? Do you yeah. oh, did you do Hobson? Oh, I can't remember that. You need to yep. come back and do it with us again. We should do it yeah, this yeah, Saturday. Well, Yep. It's so fun. Like mm. I really, I loved going back to my park run friends. Some of them, they don't even know who I am, but they're my mates. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. those mates, the people you always see. And they're like, they have yeah. no idea who I am. And I'm like, hey mate. Yeah. Yeah. And then, hey, but mate. then my actual friends as well, who were there, like the Kildings were there. Yeah. And, uh, and then just other sort of random people on the periphery. And I'm like, this is why I come every Saturday. Or, you know, this is why we yep. come because one, it gets it over and done with early two you've got your little community and your little tribe and also you just feel like and then you've also socialized early in the morning as well so many things about the experience you go hard so yeah yeah you and I've been talking about dopamine this week and I think it hits on a number of the things which help enhance your dopamine uh response so yeah, yeah, I was riding on that for most of the weekend, actually. Yeah, that's cool. Did we talk about dopamine in our last episode? No, because we oh. talked about it when we were going to do an episode, but it was far too noisy. Ah, right. So chatted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we should, uh, let me just talk, let me just briefly talk about it and just suggest like um, a podcast episode to watch. Yeah. I listen to. Oh, yeah. you could watch it too. I think he does. I think he does video. Um, so uh, Andrew Huberman, Huberman Labs podcast. So one of his recent episodes called um, uh, Leverage Dopamine to Overcome Procrastination and Optimize Effort. Put it in, I'll mm-hmm. put it in the show notes. Cool. But I actually wrote my this week's blog about it. So ah, I just sort of distilled, nice. distilled what he said, probably got some of it wrong, um, made up some stuff. Uh, added some of my own stuff to it but um, basically ways to leverage like the way that your body regulates dopamine to help you with motivation and avoiding procrastination in everyday life business and sports or whatever using it for so one one really thing that I found really interesting about it is the concept called the um reward prediction era yes which is quite cool so often like go i'll be going for a surf and i'll get all excited 
And um, you know when you anticipate something and you feel good and you get excited about something? That's mm-hmm. your initial release of dopamine. Dopamine yeah. goes goes in waves. So you get you have your base level dopamine and then you have the peak of a wave and then you come down to base level and then you go on a trough and you go like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you anticipate doing something that you know you're going to enjoy, your brain kicks off some dopamine production. So mm-hmm. that's that good feeling you get, like I'm excited about doing something. And then reward prediction error is the idea. So sometimes I'll go for a surf and I'll get excited and I'll be looking forward to it. And then like it might be like really crowded or the conditions aren't very good. So the surf's just okay. Yeah. And then after that, I actually, I don't get the dopamine peak and instead the dopamine dips. So, you know, sometimes you get excited about something and it's a bit of a letdown. Yes. And then you feel down about it. Yeah. But if, for example, you didn't have the initial anticipation of it, you were surprised by being being able to do something fun that you didn't know you were going to do. And even mm-hmm. if it was average, you would have had a positive experience about it. Yeah. But reward prediction error is about the difference between how good you expected it to be and how good it actually was. Mm-hmm. So if it was not as good as you expected to be, but even though it was still good, you would feel bad about it and then you'd yeah. hit a dopamine trough. But yeah, if it was yeah. as good or better, then your body gives you another boost of dopamine and then you hit your dopamine peak. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. But anyway, so it went through a whole bunch of things to like focus on to maintain your a high baseline level of dopamine. So that's mm-hmm. where you sit most of the time at your baseline. And then um, things to avoid. So there's some things that give you a hit of dopamine that you shouldn't do because it affects your resistance to it over time. So just like anything, you know, like so things like, like drugs, like yeah. um, drugs like cocaine specifically, where people who get addicted to cocaine, they're actually addicted to the dopamine. Yeah, The dopamine hit, they're not addicted to the cocaine itself. But over time, your body gets resistance to it. So you need to take more and more cocaine more and more regularly just to get the same effect of dopamine. Mm-hmm. So I won't go on about it too long. You should listen to it because it's good. Or read my blog at trainingtalk.com. Yeah, um, cool. So, you know, avoiding those things like Drugs and alcohol, um, pornography. Mm, um, yeah, actually, I remember him saying that one. Yeah. Um, shitty food, you know, sugary food that gives you a hit initially, but then it shits yeah. you over time. Um, and then good things to do, obviously, like getting heaps of sleep, good diet, exercise, managing your stress, staying socially connected. That's a good yeah. one that people yeah. don't put a lot of effort into sometimes. Well, people isn't me. Yeah. Um, pursue hobbies and interests. Mm-hmm. Another one people think because they're busy and they've got other important things to do, they don't spend enough time pursuing the things, their hobbies and their interests because yeah. people don't think, you know, you might think, oh, that's not as serious or whatever when I've got a business to run or whatever. But those things will help you Yeah. in your business and everything. Learning new skills. So learning new skills is challenging and it forces your body to create dopamine to help you do it because it's difficult. 
and then just pursuing other uncomfortable things that are challenging. So there you go. Cold shower, sauna, sauna would fall into that as well. Sauna, yep, yep, yep. So little things are there. And then so the third part was, so those are the general things to do and not do. Yeah. And then there's some things that you can, you know, when you are procrastinating, like in the moment, you're like, I need to do this thing, but I'm not going to go and maybe tidy up the house a bit or check the mail or do some other things. And you think to yourself, oh, this is, at least I'm doing something. At least I'm achieving something. But Andrew reckons that's actually counterproductive yeah. in terms of getting you back in the mode to do the things that you need to do in that moment. So it's actually not useful to go and do other things that are also useful, but um, that's all part of that procrastination by not doing the things you need to do and doing some things that don't need doing yeah. that feel that feel like they're useful. So in that situation, you should do something similar to those big things that help with dopamine, but that are accessible and and you can do in a short amount of time just to give you a quick hit. So then you can quickly get back into the thing you need doing. So like cold shower or cold immersion, uh, some short high intensity interval training, Mm -hmm. quick social interaction. Like if you can go out to a cafe or something, quickly get a coffee, smile at a stranger. Yeah. Say hello. You know, when you, when you do that sort of thing and it makes you feel good. Yeah, total. It's dopamine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. That Go dopamine. Yeah. yeah. And then just some little things that make you feel uncomfortable. Like, I don't know, like those things I talked about. Yeah, 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 totally. All those things do make you feel uncomfortable. And yeah. uh, Andrew suggests that if you, if you, it needs to be one of those things that when you think about doing it, you're like, oh, nah. Yeah, yeah. It nah, can't just be. That. Yeah, it's got to be yeah, hard, yeah. eh? It's got to be yeah, harder. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily. Oh, no, it's got to feel hard the way that the thing that you're avoiding feels hard, but you've got to sort of do it. It's got to almost be harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a harder thing in terms of what it what it feels hard, but easier yeah. to actually do. Yes. Quickly you can do it. Because typically yeah. the things that you're procrastinating about are long things. Yes. It's like I'm the, I have to sit down and do this, and I know it's going to take me two or three hours. Yeah. So you go and do the hard thing that only takes you 10 minutes. Yeah. And that puts you back in the mode where you've got that dopamine that can fuel you through your two to three hour effort. thing that might be something that sucks. Yeah. And let's face it, there's heaps of things that suck that you have to, you <laughs> you have have to, to do, do to get what you want. No, that's so true. So true. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that um, uh, episode after you told me about it. It was really good. Yeah. yeah good. And the, you said it was science at the start and it was, but it was, it was, Easy to absorb sort of science. Yeah. Stuff. And then and the practical tips were great. Yeah, yeah. It did help you understand the rest of it when you got into mm. what you can what you can do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. And I went surfing on um uh Saturday, actually. Yeah, yeah how was that, Cam? That was a new yeah, really good. um yeah, great. That was Thursday, sorry. Oh, Thursday yes. morning I went out to and caught up with um Carl Reed. That's right. He he lives out there, so out by Waiuku. Kario mm-hmm. Kario Tahi Kario Tahi. I think I'm missing an I and an O or something. But, okay. Um, yep. So West Coast Beach, rugged, quite cool though. So I arrived. Um, it was probably about seven o'clock. No one out in the surf, but the oh, surf wow. was surf was really good. Yeah. And um, there was like a bunch of horse floats parked up on the sand, and there was like 
horses like racing up huh. and down the beach. Oh wow! And then, and then a guy came in a Ute and he was drove along the beach and he was walking his dog. Yeah, so his dog was walking. He was driving his his Ute. Oh. <laughs> and then when I was leaving, there was a whole bunch of of uh, dads and their kids um, who had just arrived um, with their motorbikes. So they were going oh, to cool. along the beach with them. So you know, it's like one of those rugged New Zealand beaches where yeah, like back in the eighties. Yeah, a whole lot of adventures. Yeah. Um, going on so yeah i'm glad cal came down to meet me because it was it's always a bit um scary being out uh, yeah by yourself particularly in an unknown um unknown beach like yeah new and stuff yep, yeah 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 i wasn't quite sure where to go out or yeah or anything so yeah but um but then on saturday morning i went up to tafaranui oh, which cool. uh was beautiful Lovely. regional park just north of auckland yeah last Metacana. yeah so that was amazing quite busy but um so then I was you know I got out there early was done and then I was back in Auckland by 11 o'clock or something oh wow that yeah it was early yeah so so that's cool anyway so um business-wise yeah pretty exciting with you yes What's happening at the moment you got a lot going on yeah have so just finishing up the uh alumni so just launching a sort of carry-on plan from Shreduary for people have who have done any of the Mondays Matter plans and our target was to hit 200 which actually I just sort of pulled that number I'm just like oh yeah well let's see if we can get 200 which I did not think would happen but we're at 211 now and it's Monday and we'll keep car open till Tuesday because most people are on holiday Easter Monday so um so I'm pretty happy with that and and people who are in business, particularly in that online space, know that a lot of the work behind the scenes is, you know, the email contact, the sort of like, you have to be quite strategic and quite full on, if you like. And I think if I say mm. full on, it's not full on if you're in it and you see it come in your inbox and you know what's going on. But for people who have a typical job, like a doctor or a lawyer or something, and they just meet, often they're like, oh, stop spamming, spamming me, you know, mm. so that's. Yeah. As for us who are trying to um, uh, get people to come on board our program, which we know is going to really help them, you have to do that kind of sales pitch because we don't—we're not a Harvey Norman where we can just advertise in the paper, you know. And no. uh, but it's so there's that sort of that's almost an uncomfortable feeling. But with this, because it was chill and actually it was just because I know that people really benefit from sort of. Uh, the flow on it. I didn't have to do a hard sell really because they people who know will know that they want it or need yeah. it. And I'll, so I'll just do one other email tomorrow. So so that's no big deal. I think, what do you think, Cam? That's what I was thinking. Just yeah, email yeah, tomorrow because, to say, because yeah, yeah, um, a lot of people have been be, away. They'll come up, they'll come back to their email and they'll just delete mm. a whole bunch of stuff without reading them. Um, and they'll think so, that it's, that it's done as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you, you want to be on the top. Yeah, yeah. So they arrive back to work and you're on the top and they'll see it. And then, um, yeah. And they can delete your old ones if they haven't opened those up. So they might yeah. have, you know, it's a long, long, it's a long, long weekend. So yeah, it is. They, they probably have got a bunch of stuff, uh, emails that they haven't read. be interesting to see your open rate actually for the ones that have gone out so far, probably lower than normal given that it's Easter. Yeah, um, yeah, it has been actually. Um, I had like 58% on one of them on saturday oh was it saturday no on the the thursday one was 58 percent. and yeah. normally 
Um, it's up. I mean, my general email open rate is about maybe 63%, um, yeah. which is quite good. Um, yeah. But these ones, the longer you go on in sales, the smaller it becomes, you know, like the yeah, less yeah. people yeah. sort of open they just them. See the, so, they see the subject and go, no, I've seen that. They've yeah, seen done that. It, done it or they're not, or they not. already know they're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so we've got that cool. going on, and that's that's cool, just a few bits there. But then, obviously, I've got my mentorship, which is uh, kicking off on the 17th of April, and I'm onboarding people now for that. So I had 19 interested, and, uh, and I believe that we've got nine already uh, sort of signed up. So I sent invitations out to people, actually, and got 19 interested, and this is basic. This is just a lot of content creation, which I love. But I really wanted to get the first couple of weeks up for people. Just get it. It's, I'm only a week ahead of myself, actually, because now I'm just sort of doing week three, week four, week five, week six. But um, everyone is super enthusiastic about it, which is awesome. And it's just kind of ironing out the kinks with making sure we've got everything organized for them so it's really seamless and uh i think it's just it's just all learning with a new system and stuff yeah yeah yep so i've been learning that new system as well so mm, um, thank goodness it's been good so it's been good because it's got it's similar to the way a lot of it's actually quite similar to the way that i've done stuff in my system which is oh, sort cool. of quite interesting to see um yeah. but also it's quite different but then also there's uh, there's a lot and there's a lot that you can do with it. Yeah. And the problem with having a lot of features and stuff is that it's always quite hard for people to learn it because there's so much that you can do. Yes. So is that trade-off like you want people to be able to do do things in as many different ways as they what they might want to do it, like especially yeah. like, like around setting up how your pricing works and you know how a how a program might run and how you might want to automatically drip out like each step of the program or you might want to do it as you go and then release it manually and all of those sort of different pathways that actually make it quite difficult to build the software to make yeah. everyone happy but uh, yes so, so yeah that's good yeah that's good um and, and i'm also doing a bunch of recipe development as well right now because yep. I've got to write another plan for Mondays. And that always means I always love having, you know, really good uh, number, like over half sort of new recipes for that, which is quite challenging in an eight week plan, but I'm, I'm getting on top of it. And so actually I did a lot of what we talked about on, which I said, you know, I did heaps like the Saturday, the park run and sort of ticked a lot of those dopamine boxes. I had a super productive Saturday Super productive Sunday, and actually today's not been too bad either. So that's been really awesome. Sorry, I could just see uh, Frank Frankie out there stalking oh. a um, a dove. Oh, <laughs> but he was he couldn't. You know, a cat sometimes they can't help themselves from but make a noise. Yes, they make that they make this like um, a primal sort of. Uh, noise like a, they, like a growl or yeah like yeah they, they, yep and then that scares the animal away but they just couldn't couldn't help themselves yeah so um i've oh, had some bad news in our family that our our boy our little tonkanese cats they're um one of their half brothers who's 
who was with Nikki's parents, got hit by a car. Oh, um, no. So, yeah, we've all been pretty sad uh, yeah. about that. So oh, he's only a, little, he's only a little baby. He's yeah. only two. He's only about two. So <sighs> um, Christy and Barry are devastated. Yes. You know, because when you get pets, you know, when you're in your 70s, or your sixties or seventies, you expect that maybe you you might outlive your pets. Mm-hmm. So, so we've been been giving our boys lots of cuddles and stuff. Yeah, so sorry to hear Nikki's, that. Nikki's upset about it mostly because she's sad for her parents as well. Mm, understandably. Mm. Yep. But anyway, these things happen, and so I was saying to Nikki, like part of why the reason that you can. Um, get attached to people and animals is because you know that it's not forever. Mm. You know that it's not forever. So, you know, with the with the that attachment and that love that you have for people and animals, you also know that there's the uh, the other the other end of it that nothing lasts yeah. forever. Yeah. yeah. Hey, bud. Hey, Finkel. Well, he's just sat in his little bed. Um. Yeah, so uh, what have I been up to? I'm just looking through my daily wins that I... Um, Quite a bit, actually, Cam. Have I? I feel like you have. Like when we caught up on Wednesday, you'd been yeah. working on a few things, which was awesome. Oh, so I've been doing a lot of, um, a little, not a lot, quite a bit of work with AI, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. So listening to a lot of podcasts. So it's funny, like, I don't know if, if in the outside of definitely more so than ever before outside of like the tech world, people are hearing more about AI because of that chat GPT thing. Yeah. So a lot of people who don't have much to do with technology are using it or have heard about it or have heard stories or something, but I've been listening to lots of podcasts about it. So it's quite interesting. So one, so there's basically three takes on AI in its current form what people think might happen with it. So the first one is that it's going to make everyone way more productive um, and that there might be some job losses, but new jobs will be created and then it'll make everyone's lives better because it'll bring down the cost of everything. Mm-hmm. So then more people will be able to afford a higher quality of life. Mm-hmm. So that's take one. Take two is that it's going to take everyone's jobs and that, People in, so previously, technology normally takes the lower skilled jobs, but this sort of technology is sort of hitting the knowledge worker type space Mm. where a lot of knowledge workers might lose their jobs. So software developers, designers, photographers, um architects even mm-hmm. lawyers wow so all of these wow. so that's the sort of talk that it's a much higher level of career that might sort of lose their jobs so yeah. that's our thing so the first one is that they won't lose their jobs everyone will just become 10 times more productive and they'll still need all the same amount of people but everyone will just be able to produce more second one is all those people will lose their jobs because they're not needed anymore hmm. So I'm sort of a little bit worried about jobs as a developer. So that's why I need to double down on being a business owner. 
Yeah, actually. as opposed to just being a developer. Um, third one is that we're all going to die. Mm, that's quite dramatic, isn't it? Yep. So I listened to Lex Friedman, who I've mentioned here before. So he had like three podcasts in a row with all of these different perspectives from different people that he was interviewing. So the last guy, he was the one that's been a bit of a doomsdayer about AI for probably a decade or something, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had some very interesting perspectives on it, on how how and why AI might decide that um, maybe the world would be better without people. Mm, interesting. So the crux of that is it's trained on this. It's basically trained on the internet. Yeah. So if you look at the internet, so if you look at how people think, people think, okay, now people are generally good. And people are kind to each other. And then, but then you look at the world and things that happen in the world, wars, murders, and all of these things, how, but people have this ability to justify some of the things that happen in the world and go, okay, that was bad, but it's okay because of this and because of that. So, you know, different people have obviously varying degrees of being able to do that, obviously. But because there's so many and so much of bad stuff that happens in the world, there's obviously a big percentage of people who will allow these things to happen given certain justifications of themselves. Mm -hmm. So his theory is that the AI will get very confused by that. Mm-hmm. How and people are trying to train the AI to be, excuse me, trying to train the AI to be good, yeah, and not to do any harm. But the smarter and smarter it gets, it'll get confused about that because it's saying these people are trying to train me to do this, but they're not. That's not how they behave. So maybe yeah. it wants, maybe it needs me to make the world better, as they say that they want it. Yeah, it's basically we're all saying, "Well, we want the build to be a better place," but then, of course, at the same time, people doing are doing things, things that the opposite. Yeah, as just humans, you know. Yeah. So then, if it gets closer and closer to humans, then it may do something like that and think, "Oh, you know, so the world would be better off without humans, without these people over here or those people over there, mm. can make these decisions." Anyway, so that's that's his uh, theory. So he's worried about that. And also that people, that there's this thing called, they call it alignment. Mm-hmm. So there's the the abilities of the AI is one side of the thing. Like how can they make it better and better and better? The other side is, is alignment. How can they make it safer and safer and safer? And there's billions of dollars going into making it better and better and better and almost nothing going into making it safer. Safer. Oh, interesting. So he thinks that, there's no real reason for anyone to invest in that. Yeah. Because you know, of capitalism, commercialism, and all that. So. But then there's some really important people. I think 50 people or something signed some document or something to try and get everyone to just stop for a moment. Yeah. Um, stop using it. Hey. Yep. Stop stop developing it. Yeah. Mainly. yeah just I'm leave sorry, it where is it? Yes. Yeah. So leave it where is it where it is on the, the ability side. And then only just invest in the safety side. And then once they've caught up once they've caught up on the safety side then they can start investing in the ability side but you know that's not going to happen 
Yeah, well, Maybe how that. impactful is 50 people? Are they the 50 most important people in the industry that have the power to do that? Or No, just, no, no. They're, they're all smart. They're all smart, oh, yeah. influential people. Of course, people, actually, but, yeah. But not, um, and then, you know, there's the commercial side of it. So yeah. These companies have spent billions of dollars developing it. So mm-hmm. if, they're stop, if they stop, it's pretty much like, okay, well, then why do they spend all that money? Everyone else is going to catch up. Yeah. You know, capitalism at its best and worst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's, that's interesting. interesting. And then yeah. so I, I I took that AI and I showed you that showed yes. you that little cool tool that I did. Which was amazing. Was basically, you can plug in, got like a recipe or something. No, not or something. If you've got a recipe, you can plug in the ingredients of that recipe and the instructions of that recipe. And this AI will go off and create like a based on some prompts that I've written to tell it to create this visual uh, a description of the visual nature of how this recipe would end up mm-hmm. and then another piece of AI takes that visual description and generates an an image from it to generate an image of that recipe Mm-hmm. So I know if you were someone such as yourself, you could create a whole lot of recipes and not necessarily have to take photos Use, of them. Take photos of them. Yeah. 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 You know, so if you want to create like a hundred recipes for a new thing or something, like you are restricted in the amount of time that because to actually go through and cook a recipe mm-hmm. in order to prepare it for the photo takes a long time. The the only problem is with this is you'd still need to make the recipe and know that it works. That's the thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's super, like a tool like that, though, for someone like me who has no photography skills, Mm. not bad. So, so yeah, it's not a tool that I would sell for anything, but but maybe a tool that would be part of a platform or something like that. And, of course, not everyone's good at taking photos. Um. We picked a particularly great oh, photo that I oh, took yes. and uh, <laughs> massively oh, improved yes. it. Yeah, yes. so there are some ones in your library of recipes where the photos aren't as good as what as the, as the food. Yes, yeah, so, yes. <laughs> you know, there is opportunity to just uh, improve that a little bit. But then, yeah. you know, there's lots of other things that you can do with it as well. Mm. Um, but that's just a little thing that that I felt would be a good little test for it. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, but then also the other one, so that's that, but then I want to build, a, build like a thing just on front of that, which would probably be more useful actually, is that to be able to enter a list of ingredients that you want to use in a recipe. Yes. Or that you want, that you have, or that you want to use because they're all good ingredients and they make up something good, but then... Um, it would be able to generate ideas for recipes and actually entire recipes based on the ingredients. Yeah, would be amazing. So that not only would enable you to quickly create recipes for your site, but also give you ideas for new things to try. That would be great. So not so that's probably where it would be most useful. Whereas yeah, like I, sure. you know, you could plug in the ingredients from a bunch of your existing recipes probably, and yeah, it could yeah, come yeah. up with some other variations Variation. or, or completely new recipes based on the same types of ingredients 
So not just the ingredients, you type in your ingredient list and then your nutrition principles. Yeah, cool. Like what is your nutrition principles to make sure that the recipe that comes out at the other end, because it will add in other ingredients as well, probably like the way I'd see it, you would add, you would add in like the mat, you would enter the main ingredients as the prompt. Yeah. And yeah. then it, it would add in all of the little bits and pieces that you need to make it into a proper meal recipe. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been playing, I've been playing around with that. And um, but then my big my big push at the moment for business for training tilt is I'm creating, I may have mentioned this before, but I've made quite a lot of progress on it now. I'm creating a bunch of endurance calculators like heart rate calculators yes. race pace calculators that anyone could embed on their own websites cool. and it would be free so and then each these little calculators that people could put on their own websites to share with their own clients drive traffic to their own websites would have a little link back to training tool so i would get a little bit of traffic but actually the main thing that i would get because when you're getting when you're trying to optimize for search traffic, so people Google for searching for something, one of the biggest factors of that is how many links back to your website are on other people's websites. Oh, interesting. So that's the so that's it's a backlink tactic. Yeah. So backlinks is what they call those links that go back to your website. So Google looks at those as um that you have you must have a bit of authority that other people will put your link, put their, put links to your website back on, on, on their own you know, websites. Awesome. So that's sort of a cool thing. Cause that's like useful for everyone. Totally. Everyone involved wins from that yeah. um, situation. So by the end of April, I'm to have um, those embedded on at least five different people's websites. Awesome. That's the goal. And my business coach is helping me with, Sticking to that. That's great. Goal. Cam. We're putting the place, putting the things in place to make sure that that goal will, will work out. So this week, this week I really need to send the email out to my email list. Yeah. To get to get interest, to get people yeah, cool. interested in it, and then um, and then by probably the week after for it to actually be ready to embed, and then and then embed it, and then so I am going to. So I typically do these things. I like have these ideas, do these things, and then like. Don't by the time that it's ready to like actually launch it and push it or something, I'm so tired of it that I just like send up a couple of emails and then just forget about it. Yeah. You know? Because it's not like a these are these are not like sales things, is you know, they're not like direct sales where you're trying to sell something. It's like tactics to drive more traffic to your website. And it's real you know easy what? to start it and then not not push through to the end to really test out whether it's going to work or not. Yeah, totally. And I was listening to a James Clear interview this morning. They were just talking about the difference. And it's related, sort of reminded me of that, is that often we just, we focus on things that give you, you might get, you get that instant win, which yeah. is what you're talking about with the sale. Like yeah, sales yeah, yeah. is like instant win, yay or nay, hopefully yay. But yeah, what you're talking about is sort of like you're in, it's more of a long game tactic, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of work. Yeah, and a lot of work. And then 
you do the you do the work to actually get it done. Yeah. But then there's a lot of a lot more work. Yeah. To do to promote the thing that yeah. may or may not um, lead to anything good. Yeah. You don't know because these are all experiments. But then you don't want to do you don't want to like it's like if you're a scientist you're setting everything up for the experiment, you've got everything ready for the experiment, and then you never do the experiment. Yeah. No, because you get so worn down by actually the preparation of it. And then you never get, interpret the results. Well, you do the experiment, but you never analyze the results. Of and it's rather unsatisfying, isn't it? Yes, it's like an anticlimax. Yeah, totally. And then you're like, oh, what happened to that thing that you're working on? Don't know. Yeah, oh, that I don't thing. really know. I never, no. I never really uh, tested it out properly, which I've done on multiple occasions. I think, yeah. Before. All right. Well, I think that's me. Awesome, yeah. Cam. I think I'm updated. I think I'm updated yep. with everything. Cool. Same. And now it's yeah. just sort of knuckling down and doing the work, which is all good because you mentioned hobbies before and Baz and I were talking about this over the weekend, is that actually my hobbies are, are my hobbies and work integrate quite nicely. The things I really enjoy doing that make me feel relaxed actually also help my business, which is quite nice. Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm. You're winning. Total winning. winning. Yeah, I mean, mm. I love going surfing. That's my big hobby at the moment. That doesn't yeah. directly help my business. But, but it, it does energizes help your business. Me. Yes. yes, it energizes me to do everything that you need to do to make the uh, business happen. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right, let's wind up then. Yeah, and, sweet. Uh, talk to you next week. Cool. Get Let's this, do that. Get this, get this episode out. Yeah. And dusted. Yeah. Again next week. All right. Fantastic. See you, Cam. Goodbye. Okay,